Yes, welcome back to Brave New Earth, Amsterdam edition number two. <laughs> thanks so much for having me in this beautiful city. Yeah, thanks for coming all the way over to Amsterdam. I know, all the way over to Amsterdam. I love this place. Yeah. This is amazing, yeah. What do I, you love about Amsterdam? The, the history, for yeah. sure. Um, learn about the the first the first stock market. Oh, why the stock market's called the stock market? <laughs> okay. All the why while the buildings lean forward. You did yeah. a history. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the whole thing, but it's just so beautiful. Yeah. I think a lot of English people we probably don't see the full extent to Amsterdam when we come over for the first time. So Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the extent yeah. of the red light district. Yeah, and then pass out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I love the British reputation over yeah. here it's not it's good pretty poor yeah. it's pretty poor <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah british tourists are not are not the one but anyway thanks for having me despite that <laughs> yeah um carbon equity was actually one of the first uh funds i knew about i did a literally like a year ago when i first wanted to get into the space um Baz, I did a post and I was like, I just wanted to talk about this stuff and Baz reached out. Yeah. It's like, oh, you should listen, hear about this fund. And I was like, it sounds awesome. Yeah. So for the audience, um, what is carbon equity? Yeah, carbon equity is a, technically it's a climate venture capital and private equity fund investing yeah. platform, which means we make it possible for yeah, regular people to invest in super cool climate technology companies alongside the world's best climate venture capital and private equity funds yeah yeah so so it's a fund of funds right so let's kind of like let's let, let, let's let's dive back into uh i guess cover some basics on the different yeah. types of funds right so you got the basic funds not basic funds but venture capital funds which are right. big funds which invest in startups and yeah. private companies that expect a long time big big growth right i think exactly. most people but those are really inaccessible, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Why Why are they inaccessible? First, you need a huge amount of money. Typically, mm. you need 5 million euros or 5 million pounds plus to get into the top funds. Mm. You need a super good network to get into the top funds. And you need quite a lot of expertise to select the right funds because mm. venture capital is a power law game. Like... 20% of VC funds are making all the returns and the rest are often performing average or even poor. So it matters in what funds you're investing. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of hurdles for regular people to invest, but the biggest is the amount of money that you need. Yeah. And another is regulatory hurdles. So it's not always allowed for retail investors. You need special licenses to be able to offer private equity to... Yeah, what we call retail investors, which is regular folks who are not multimillionaires. Yeah, very, very interesting. And why was why was this important to you? I guess because I guess what carbon equity does right is it opens up the door to investors that previously weren't able to invest in the climate transition exactly to invest both because you allow people with smaller amounts of capital to invest yes whereas they previously couldn't exactly. and also diversify right which is a Correct. hugely important part of your business like why why was that important to you yeah great question few things. One, I think we need, uh, and it's not only I uh, who thinks that we need, but we need a huge amount of capital to transition towards a net zero economy. Mm. Retail investors have no access to investing in climate technology companies. So what retail investors can do is they can trade publicly listed stocks. Yeah. And you can buy shares of Tesla. 
But what happens when I buy shares of Tesla is basically I'm buying shares of Tesla from you and there's no money going into the company. So I'm just trading stocks. Mm -hmm. The impact of trading stocks is really limited. So uh, you can have much more impact by investing directly into the companies, which you do in venture capital and private equity, where you, your capital actually directly funds innovation and growth of these companies. Um, so one of the reasons, again, we need a huge amount of money and we need to allocate that money in private markets, not in public markets. Mm. And a second reason why I think this is important is, you know, it's also like the growth trajectory of these climate tech companies is, is huge. It's like, it's a, it's a, the biggest opportunity to have true impact with your money, but it's also this huge financial return opportunity. And I believe that one, more people should be able to benefit from the upside of investing in uh, the green economy. Mm. Uh, and secondly, that when people get to own, they become investors, they become literally become owners of the net zero economy. People truly become invested in Mm. that future. So I think it's important. And the third thing is it's a big opportunity. There's 177 trillion in net worth sitting with what we call mass affluent investors. People with a net worth between 100,000 euros and 1 million. That's a huge amount of money. That's three times the size of the total institutional asset management market. That's crazy. And we want to unlock that 177 trillion to power the world's most yeah, innovative climate solutions. Yeah, that's a huge amount of capital. Yeah. So there's kind of two two things there, uh, which I think are really important to kind of, I guess, re-emphasize. Re mm. and, and one, which is uh, the your kind of weapon of choice yes. in solving climate change has been capital. Absolutely. Like, you need to invest, people need money to, to, to build businesses, right? And yes. everyone always says there's a funding gap. Um, you choose, choose to pump more into the economy by giving access to a wide variety of investors. Yeah. And the second thing was you need, we need people financially invested, but also when you're, by consequence, when you're financially invested, you're also emotionally invested. <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? Exactly yeah. the point. Yeah, yeah, which exactly I love that. Yeah. Exactly. When you yeah. invest in, you become invested in. And <laughs> yeah. this ownership mindset is totally different from uh, buying off your flying guilt <laughs> by planting trees. Yeah, yeah. You literally become a shareholder of the net zero economy. Yeah, and also fine when you buy carby credits, you buy trees. Good, offsets good, good. obviously, but fine. it's short term. It's short term. It's very, very short term, exactly. and that we need stuff that's going to decarbonize the world so that we can live great lives, but in a in a in a greener way. Exactly. Um, we need structural solutions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, the what are the focus of the fund? So I know there's um, so, so the fund of funds model. Instead of just investing in one fund, you invest in a Topco fund, which then yeah. cycles down, and you invest in. How many different funds on average? Like 20? In a fund of funds. So through the Carbon Equity, you should see Carbon Equity sort of as a marketplace. Yeah. It's a curated marketplace and you can invest in single funds mm. or in fund of funds. In the fund of funds, you'd be investing in, let's say, up to 10 funds with a single investment, which means that you're indirectly investing in up to 200 climate tech startups and scale-ups. So... Fund of funds, you want to do that when you want to have diversified exposure and diversification leads to less risk. Yeah. Um, yeah, as, it, as I said, because there's so, so as I, I'm sure the audience know by now, if you're investing in one company, it's super risky. Yes. If you're investing in 20, 200, that, then you're investing in a movement. Yes, and we correct. All, and we all know this is the movement that's going to really define yeah. the next kind of 
few years. Yeah. Do you have a do you have a, a sectoral focus beyond climate? Yeah, so that's a good question. And climate itself is an aggregation of, uh, for us, six different sectors. Yeah. That's agro-food. Now what's the future of uh, low-carbon food? It's mobility, it's built environment, it's energy and energy storage, industry, and carbon capture and storage. Yeah. And those are hardware and software technologies and enabling technologies. So... And IoT is an enabling technology because sensors help uh, drive energy efficiency by, for example, automating the way that we power a building. Mm. By having sensors all across the building, you can power on and up off the, the heat and the light, etc. Yeah. So IoT would be an enabling technology. The vast majority of things that you invest in through carbon equity are really hardcore direct decarbonization solutions. So think about grid-scale batteries, yeah. you know. So one of the problems is we need ways to store renewable energy, which is not constant. If the wind does not blow, the sun does not shine, there's no renewable energy. So we need ways to store that energy in a super cheap way. So grid-scale batteries, vertical farms, plant-based food, um, uh, zero-carbon cement, uh, and so the, the whole range of solutions, our core thesis is, in the next 30 years, we need to replace every fossil fuel brick of our economy mm. with a low carbon solution. So climate technology is basically everything. Yeah, it's literally every sector, right? Yeah, literally every, every business and every sector needs everything. to change it. <laughs> yes. Tell me a thing yeah. that is not, you know, it doesn't have a carbon footprint. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is part of the opportunity for founders, right? Um, yes. Which is, we, uh, well, what I love about your messaging as a company is really positive. It's like, this is, this is an opportunity. So yes. opportunity, right? Every Absolutely. business and every sector, there's an opportunity to build something for. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, incredible opportunity for founders and investors. Yes. Yeah. How, how did you get here? If that makes sense, so just diving back to the start, what, 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 how did you build up the expertise to be able to build such a cool fund like this? I personally have uh, spent half my career as an investor. Mm. So previously, I was a partner in a Dutch VC fund. I started off my career in private equity, and yeah. the other half of my career I spent building companies. Uh, so. Most recently, I spent six years in Asia building an online real estate platform and a fintech company. Cool. Um, so I have the investing background and I know or I have experience in building companies. Yeah. The original insight for this idea came in 2019. There yeah. were a couple of points of inspiration. I think one for me was living in Manila. Yeah. Manila, uh, for anybody who's been, it's a city where you have approximately 20 million people. It's a relatively poor country. There are 110 million people living in the yeah. Philippines. Yeah. And what you see is really emerging Asia. The first thing that people do when they have a bit of money is they they want to fly. Obviously, they want to fly. Europeans have been flying <laughs> their entire yes. lives. Yeah. And so people want to start to fly. They buy air conditioning. They buy a bigger car, a bigger house. So you see this carbon footprint ballooning. And it, it was in Asia that I first realized, like, whoa, we're going to need like 10 more planets at the rate we're going. Fair enough. People have every right to claim, you know, to, to, to want to enjoy these things. But what we need is technological innovation to be able to offer all of these great things in life, but with zero carbon footprints. That was the first part of inspiration. And for me, the second part was I read the book, The Sixth Extinction, 
which talks about like how we're in the midst of uh, the sixth extinction, the fifth extinction was the dinosaurs going Maybe. extinct. Yeah. And that was for me like a wake up call, like, holy shit. <laughs> like, we're gonna die. <laughs> basically, yes, yeah. yeah. They, yet nothing matters more than solving climate change mm. because if we don't, there's absolutely no point in having a really fat bank account, you know, yeah. in, in an unlivable planet. So. And is that part of the message that you now bring on to? Because you, I guess you're customers clients are yeah. high net worth yeah right so yeah mass affluent yeah, and high net worth mass yeah. affluent high net worth so what's the like base ticket for the fund so the base ticket was 100,000 euros um we are launching 50,000 euros from may mm. and we did a pilot uh, with what we call the climate investment club where we lower access to 10,000 euros cool so with 10,000 euros, it becomes pretty accessible for any professional with, you know, with, with, with a well-paying job or mm. somebody who has a bit of savings or a bonus or a pension or inheritance. Yeah. And so the ultimate vision is that anybody with a little bit of savings that they can set aside for the long term should be able to invest in awesome climate tech companies uh, through um, alongside top funds. Yeah. So is this the so is that the message that you're raising with right? So we've we've covered kind of two messages there, which I always love origin yeah. stories of the kind of thing you went with. One is that this is a huge financial opportunity. Yeah. Um, because every business and every sector is getting shaken, yeah. both through legislation and customer demand, and yeah. because we need it. But is is also that message of like this is serious, like this p potentially could be life threatening for us as a species. What, what yeah. do you think works better when when you're raising the first? The first. I'm pretty yeah. clear about that. So yeah. my experience is that. Of course, <laughs> I yeah. mean, we have a huge crisis on our hands, right? Yeah. And that is super serious and it's important to not underestimate that. But I think talking or emphasizing the problem creates paralysis. And so people feel like overwhelmed. People feel like, oh my gosh, this is so scary. I don't know what to do anymore. Mm. And people are motivated as I think like at the root of our humanity, we're motivated by progress and not necessarily by, you know, protecting the status quo. We often don't know what we've got till it's gone, right? So I think we're motivated. So I think one of the things, the role for a company like Carbon Equity, but also the role for politics is to paint a picture of a brighter future. Because this is not just about saving the planet, it's about improving the planet, mm. you know? Think about cars, right? We live in cities that are toxic, that have toxic air because of all of these gas-powered cars going around. Like how beautiful is that vision of having zero emission cars, having completely clean air, having no deaths because of air pollution, for example. So I think the opportunity is here, not only to solve a problem, but to create a structurally better, healthier and more sustainable future and i i want to mobilize people i want to sort of create this man on the moon type yeah, you know yeah, vision yeah, yeah, yeah. that energizes people and that makes people want to sprint towards that goal yeah which i completely agree with and it's a huge part of what this podcast is supposed to be about is positivity yeah. right why do you think we've not picked that because for me psychologically it seems kind of obvious you know um negativity only gonna scare people to a certain amount and then it's not really going to motivate them beyond that yeah why have we like as a society got that message so wrong 
so far, do you reckon? I think because it's a very good question. I think, first of all, like much of the climate, um, the rhetoric has come from scientists who mm. rightfully are, you know, ringing the alarm, guys, this needs to be, you know. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> worrying. Yes. Yeah. And it has served a purpose. Yeah. I think Al Gore, you know, in 2004 with The Inconvenient Truth, it was a wake-up moment. It was my first wake-up moment. So, okay. yeah. and reading The Sixth Extinction was my second wake-up moment. Yeah. COVID was a wake-up moment. Like, yeah. you know, okay, life can radically change overnight and we better take this very serious. Mm -hmm. But I think politics has been quite slow to embrace. I think for a long time it's been, yeah, a little bit the, the activists, you know, who are pushing for this, but not necessarily politi politicians also seeing that they can gain advantage here. You know, politicians are often thinking about a four-year election cycle. Yeah. And... Now I think we're starting to see a shift. And uh, the Inflation Reduction Act in the U.S. is a great example. Huge. Because Biden has not positioned this as we need a green, we need climate tech, we need energy transition. None of that. He's talking about we need to create jobs. We need to create a competitive environment to, to attract green industries. We're going to win in this area, we're going to have lower cost energy, we're going to safeguard energy security. All of these things are people, are, are, are agendas that both Republicans and Democrats can get behind. Mm. And all of these things are things that people want, right? The rhetoric of less does not appeal. Yes, we need to do less, we need to make more conscious choices, we need to travel less, eat less, whatever. Yes, we need to do that, but it's not something that energizes people. Yeah. And also, like, when we get to a renewable, um, more of a renewable state, like, you may not even need to do less. If something's completely renewable, you know, we don't need to do less. If, 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 if the marginal cost of energy has yeah. gone to zero. Exactly. Um, because energy, we've got so good at solar. That's, yeah. a, that's a, a way away, obviously. But that's mm -hmm. a hugely positive thing, yeah. The utopian vision yeah. is yeah. a vision of abundance, yeah. absolutely. That we can do, where, where I do think that... One of the, uh, what I would like to see as a future vision that we live more in balance. Yeah. So I do think we have a culture of excess, right? Oh yeah, for sure. And there are so many things in our lives that we really don't need. And, 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 and we have such a culture of overconsumption and unsustainable things because it's not only climate change, it's also biodiversity and crowding out every other species on the planet. Right. And yeah. So I do think we need to have this mindset of uh, living in balance and harmony with nature. And I think we need to change that. I think the decade of, you know, the perhaps the industrial revolution has all about been about man at the center of the universe. And I mm -hmm. think we need to start seeing man as part of a very complex ecosystem of yeah. species in the universe that can only live in coexistence with other species. So I think we need to change that narrative but yes, ultimately, if you can live in balance, then there, there is a vision of, of abundance. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, what do we define as abundance, right? Um, 
I mean, you, you, you were surfing on the weekend. You did, yeah. you know, everyone in Amsterdam's <laughs> riding bikes. It's sunny. It's perfect. Yeah, we don't need uh, we don't need heavy cars for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you mentioned there we're kind of bouncing between here, but you mentioned that you were, you were entrepreneur for a bit and an investor, but you missed the entrepreneurship. So now you're kind of happy happy medium in a way, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Entrepreneurship. What 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 did you miss about entrepreneurship when you became an investor that first time? Yeah, great question. Um, they are fundamentally different roles. Yeah. As an investor, it's an incredibly cool job. Like, mm. you know, as a partner in a VC fund, you're talking to tons of companies and you're going through this. You're thinking a lot about where where's the planet and where are we heading, you know, and yeah. what is interesting and who are the winners who can build really successful business models uh, uh, within the themes that I believe in. Mm. And then once you invest in a company, you're supporting uh, the entrepreneurs with advice, you know, sharing best practices across companies that you've seen. What you're fundamentally not doing is building the company yourself. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. as an entrepreneur, my strengths, or at least what I think that you need is you need ideas, you know, you need creative ideas around which to build a business. You need to be storytelling all the time because you need to, you want to get a team, you want to build a team around you, you need to get customers on board, you need to get investors on board. Uh, so you need to have this inspirational vision and be able to take people with you. Mm. And the third thing is you need to execute. And so those are fundamentally, they're both really cool jobs, but they're totally different. And my energy is really in ideation, storytelling, and giving energy to building a business. Mm. So sure, Carbon Equity is a funds platform and not necessarily a fund itself, but like a fund investing platform. So it's exactly where my investing experience meets building a really scalable fintech platform to enable access to anybody in the planet to invest in climate tech. Yeah, no, I love that. I related to it so much. I've heard you speak about that before. And uh, because I, I've done the same, I went from entrepreneur to, to investor and now happy medium with a venture studio. Yes. Right. And the only way I can describe it is like watching your team play team play when you're injured yes you're like you're watching them have all the fun and you're yes. like oh, when i get involved <laughs> yes. i know where, yes. i know where i can play yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um exactly. but yeah that, that that's fascinating you, you mentioned so I, I love that breakdown on what it takes to be a successful founder there the the key thing that always comes up for me is is the storytelling element you're yeah. constantly telling stories and i think it's something that typically a lot of uh people in the climate tech space haven't focused on or mm. haven't necessarily got right yeah um is have you seen that oh, that's a bit of a loaded question have you yeah. seen that and like why do you reckon um the space i think there's a bit of a marketing gap as well as an investment gap yeah i think that that's a that's a very good point i do feel that sort of like that marketing gap in the climate storytelling has started to be addressed in the past two years yeah. and because before I think there was a lot of perception that, you know, sustainability was for sustainable people. In the, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. In the Netherlands, we call them geitenwolle sokken, which is yeah. people who wear goat wool socks. Uh. <laughs> I actually had a yeah. conversation with this guy earlier this morning. He's uh, one of the founders of Booking. And he said, I was late to the game with climate investing because my initial perception was, first of all, this problem is so huge, it's unsolvable, so what am I gonna do? Yeah. 
Um, and secondly, he felt it was sort of like very much in the activist uh, goat wool sock corner. Yeah. And when what was his wake up moment was Chris Saka talking about how he's going to build climate tech giga coins. Yeah. <laughs> who were and and sort of like instilling the mindset of these are technical problems for which we can have technological solutions and. Sure, it's not going to be 100% technological solutions, but we can get a, a whole way. You know, we can solve what Bill Gates calls the green premium, mm. which is the differential in cost between sustainable alternatives with unsustainable alternatives. And if you solve that, if an electric car is better, more comfortable, and cheaper, you're going to get a you're you're going to open up the floodgates to to transition. Then suddenly you get really fast adoption of these technologies, which makes it then a super interesting high growth opportunity, right? Yeah. So I think the we're starting to see that shift from it's somewhere in the sustainable, not so cool corner yeah. to like, wait a minute, this is, it's super cool. These companies are awesome innovations, much more interesting your average software as a service, yeah. you know, uh, I don't know, administration platform. Yeah. And by the way, there are huge opportunities. And I think that that story, that, that mindset is coming around and also yeah, climate founders, often deep tech founders, you know, are starting to learn Those skills. How, <laughs> to, how to sell the yeah. narrative. You need to be able to sell it as an entrepreneur. Yeah, only thing you have is a vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's you we yeah. have, right? I couldn't agree more. And, and that's a lot of the work we're doing with celebrities and influencers is like creating brands around them. So they're like, we're, we're targeting different niche so that the 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 you know, it's not just Greta that's the the model, right? Exactly. You, you can speak to anyone that you relate to. We're all building in this space. Exactly. Yeah. For that reason, it's a good thing that Leonardo DiCaprio has his own climate fund, and exactly. uh, Robert Downey Jr. has his own climate fund Chris Saka has a climate fund and these people are mainstreaming it and I think that does a lot also because the, this entrepreneur also said like for the first time I could really relate I saw people like mm. me who think like me who now believe in climate solutions and so yeah. that sort of got people on board yeah, for sure. So it's, that's so important, isn't it? Like, um, was it the the, the wool socks? Yeah. yeah we, we, I don't know what our <laughs> our version like, of that in the UK, but there's I, I, I can picture them in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's an awesome also an element of uh, I was speaking to a lady on Friday who's written a book called The Solutionist, yeah. and a big part of the book is you know you got to have fun with it. Yes. It's, uh, it's not just doom and gloom, and you know, if yeah. you're enjoying it, you got to work with it. And again again ties back into your message being so positive yeah even just being here met, met some of you met some of your team everyone just seems positive and happy was that like an intentional cultural thing to try and create an environment where people are yeah enjoying themselves yeah. i think it's so core to success because yeah. i mean you need to enjoy yourself to also really build a super talented team of people who want to work for this company mm -hmm. i have to say one nuance like i I do think that activists and sort of really the original sustainable yeah. advocates have been uh, hugely instrumental to uh, climate moving from the fringe to the and now really to to center stage and. I think it remains very important. So like when you get these Extinction Rebellion type of protests, mm. I think that has a role to play in the whole narrative around it, but we also need to counterbalance it with, okay, but yes, there are solutions. So let's put our weight and energy behind those solutions and let's run with it. Yeah. 
agree. We need to celebrate the engineers as well as the as the activists for sure. Completely agree. In in those so so unlike anyone maybe I've spoken to so far, you have a real top down view yeah. on all the different sectors, which is so interesting and kind of unique. You know, there's there are generalist climate funds, of course, but typically someone has a niche. Yeah. Someone has a of the sectors you mentioned, six mm. of them. Yeah. Are they at different stages? Mm. What what are I guess the the bigger ones, more niche ones? What are you yeah. excited about the most? If you're allowed to say that, there are definitely more mature niches. Whereas, mm. like, if you take one sector, let's say mobility, right? Mobility, I think, captured like eighty percent of overall climate funding last year. So Crazy. you might say. And that is a more saturated niche with more low-hanging fruit opportunities that have already been fully invested in. Mm. That said, mobility itself is such a wide niche because you're talking about micro-mobility, you're talking about electric bicycles, but you're also talking about electric aviation, hydrogen for trucks, you know, so like within any specific sector, there's like a... There's, there are so many different solutions in different maturity stages. Mm. But what typically is more mature is alternative proteins, uh, mobility solutions, especially anything related to electrification has is already quite advanced. The higher hanging fruit opportunities, which are more difficult, but therefore, but also more impactful and perhaps also lower valued, meaning that there's a bigger financial opportunity there, mm. are industrialization. So think about the hard stuff, you know, in the decarbonization of cement, steel and chemicals. Those are hugely difficult because you're talking about commodities, which are super low priced, very high volume and very dependent on fossil fuels. So those technologies are very hard to decarbonize, but I'm, for example, super excited about like the decarbonization of cement problem. Yeah. In the first uh, fund of funds that we did last year, there were five different companies addressing the cement problem. Yeah. So we had a sublime system. They, they uh, electrify cement production. We have a company called Biomason. They use biochemistry to create carbon-free cement. Wow. But then we also have Carbon Cure, which is capturing uh, carbon emissions from cement plants and then injecting those carbon emissions back into the cement to fortify the cement. Wow. And then another company, Lab, says, no, let's do away with cement. And they have replaced cement with a, a proprietary wood uh, construction, which is super strong uh, and that can replace cement. So what excites me is that there is so many different, you know, bright entrepreneurs solving the same, same problem with radically different solutions. And that's also, again, why it makes so much sense to invest like in a fund of fund structure where you're betting on the direction of travel rather than on the individual technology of a single company. Yeah, that's so fascinating. So do you think markets like that are winner takes all or is it? Um, is there room for different players in, in this space? Because yeah. the, the internet revolution yeah. was pretty much winner takes all. You know, yes. Google's the search engine. There are other players, yeah. but do you know what I mean? Do, yeah. do you think that that's, that same investment structure and re return profile is going to map onto climate? That's a very good question. Um, I would be inclined to say 
it will be less of a winner takes all. Software is very much a winner takes all type of market because of economies of scale. Mm. That also makes software investing so incredibly interesting, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Accepting>. <laughs> as <laughs> successful yeah. as a VC strategy. Yeah, yeah. If you're creating carbon-free cements, uh, there are... Uh, there's a lot of like technological uh, IP that you can build into that, but there are going to be fewer network advantages. Mm. So you're going to have sort of network advantage businesses within the whole climate ecosystem. Think about carbon accounting. That mm. might actually be platforms where you could build a new sales force of carbon accounting. It's it's th that is definitely possible. Yeah. Looking more towards hardware technologies, you're going to be, I think, winning technological solution directions so think yeah. about evs right or uh, um so electric vehicles seem to be the winning strategy versus solar powered cars or versus hydrogen cars yeah. so what you will see in climate i think is that certain yeah technological routes become from from many different routes that converges into one or two winning routes mm -hmm. but within those routes i think i think we will see a little bit less winner takes all see tesla does that a huge advantage and as on the back of that huge advantage also became yeah a uh a, 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 a unicorn a, a real winner in this space but now you also see that all companies all traditional incumbents are pivoting towards ev manufacturing so mm. less of a winner takes all yes it's going to be interesting the dynamics yeah. right yes. <laughs> for sure for sure yeah. what is i mean something i'm really intrigued by is you as an investment manager now you're not investing in entrepreneurs that's one set of skill which is yeah. i guess the people you're investing in yeah. you're investing in fund managers correct how do you pick good fund managers that's a completely <laughs> different skill right yeah, yeah totally well fortunately i'm not involved in the process it's really our investment team and, oh, okay. and we hired specialists who they come from Alpinvest, they're, they have institutional experience investing in funds. It's a different uh, type of skill indeed. So we do two analyses, and the first is the climate impact analysis. Mm. And that's where we're looking at what funds are best in class when it comes to realizing climate impact. So we're looking at the way that their processes, their team, their governance, their incentives, and their portfolio is structured around impact. And we develop a proprietary scorecard to assess like, every single part of their impact uh, mm. policies, procedures. On the financial side, we look at the track record and who's on the team, what are the key risks? Uh, what if a partner stops, uh, similar to what if an entrepreneur drops out of the mix in a company? We'll look at these type of team risks, we'll look at their cost structure. So. We're doing very much the same types of analyses that you would do when assessing a company, but then at the level of the fund, which in itself is also a company. What, uh, what is the technology you're most excited about in this space? The single technology that I'm most excited about? Whew. Ah. Nuclear fusion yeah. would be the holy grail of climate. <laughs> <guys. laughs> yeah. Nuclear yeah. fusion holds the promise of generating sun, uh, generating energy the way that the sun does. And it would be an inexhaustible 
resource of clean energy. Mm. It is the holy grail. It's been the holy grail for, I don't know, the past 50 years. Yeah. <laughs> it's always been 50 years out and it might still be another 150, 100, 250 years out, who knows. Mm. But if we solve that, and there are signs, there was a huge breakthrough last year in nuclear fusion for the first time generating more energy than it costs to generate energy. Yeah. That is uh, a huge momentous uh, moment. If we can crack that nut, we huge. crack a huge part of the energy problem. Yeah, because like so much of the energy so much of the other issues come back to like yeah. vertical farming is not like it's the problem is energy so expensive yes Do you know what i mean correct. yeah yeah that's fa that's fascinating yeah and um yeah lastly what does the next few years look like for for carbon equity so you had your your first fund which was was it 40 mil so we raised last year close to 100 million across uh, five funds. So Carbon Equity has a single funds, and then we have the flagship fund of yeah. funds. Yeah. We closed our first fund of funds at uh, 42 million indeed. We're raising, we just launched a, a new one this year uh, where we're targeting 75 to 125 million uh, in, in, uh, in capital for that fund. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing. And the mission in the next five years is to get to a billion. Wow, nice. Yeah. So, how do people find you? Get in contact. <laughs> yeah. So you can check out um, www.carbonequity.com. Feel free to link with me on LinkedIn. Uh, so Jacqueline van den Ende. Um, what else there are? Listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, learn more about yeah. what we do, yeah. uh, and reach out to any people on our team. We're super open. So yeah. really early stage. You know, we're a team of seventeen people. So That's still amazing. in the. We're open to everything uh, mindset. Amazing. Thank you so much for for welcoming me. I love Amsterdam. I love the people here. <laughs> I love cool. carbon equity. So yeah, thank Great. you so much. Thanks Cheers. for having me. <laughs> All good. Cool.